I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome back to the FPL Roundtable, the only fantasy Premier League podcast where we guarantee that you might learn something about fantasy, probably. I'm your host, Kevin DeVries. Joining me, as always, is my good friend and partner in crime, Rob Langevin. Now, I, uh, off the jump, Rob, have to apologize to you, to the people listening to this at home or in their cars or or planes, any other mode of transport, (laughs) about last week's show. So last week, we always intended on recording on the Wednesday after all the Champions League matches, uh, to talk about who had played too much. Turned out, not many players played too much. Uh, most of them ended up playing at the weekend, the Champions League players. But that Wednesday, Tottenham Hotspur uh, beat the Spanish club Real Madrid in the Champions League. And in my gusto, yelled and chanted so much <laughs> that I did not have a voice to do the show. So uh, I fully come clean on that. That is all my fault. If you were like, where's our fantasy advice? And then you had a horrible weekend. That's on me. Feel free to make voodoo dolls, throw like darts at it or pins or whatever. That's my bad. So Rob, as the voice of the people, I would like to apologize to you as well um, for for my <laughs> you crimes. You, you don't ever have to apologize to me, Kev, because we're friends. Friends don't apologize for for simple stuff like this. But <laughs> you ru- basically you ruined Christmas. Is basically what, what you're did. trying to admit. You, you ruined Christmas. <laughs> Which, and for a lot of people, that's that's the belief that fantasy Premier League is the end all, be all. But for right now, it is because that's what we're here to talk about, and that's why you're here to listen. Right. That's and, basically uh, our job. Yeah. Is to so, talk to you about fantasy, and then I didn't. So that's that's uh, my bad. And uh, props to Rob for sneaking in this recording before he jet sets off to uh, an undisclosed city because I don't want to mention it in case people show up and they like flock to yeah, you, like when I mean, the Beatles came to America and stuff. I'm going to sign too many autographs down in Nash, Vegas. You know, oh, now you it. said where it is. <gasps> oh, my God. Oh, I ruined no. it. They're going to get all the uh, fantasy pod groupies. <laughs> oh, oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> That's all right. But, yeah, I, I am heading off to, to Nash, Vegas, if anybody's familiar. Yeah, good. You should go there. It's going to be fun. Yeah. If anybody that listens to this is in Nashville, uh, hit us up. See uh yeah, you know, absolutely. I'll be, why not? We'll meet up for a for a beer, and yeah. it, it'll be on your dime. It'll be on you, of course. <laughs> uh, fantasy advice for beer is always a fun trade. Um, <laughs> apologies trade. now out of the way. Um, there have been developments in FPL since we last spoke to to the folks at home, uh, and that is Manchester City have continued to be ridiculous, but specifically Leroy Sané has just been absolutely insane. What is it now? Five goals, four assists in his last five matches, if memory serves. Yeah. Um, it's just absolutely bonkers what he's been doing. And, oh, it's uh, three goals, three assists in the last five. And then if you go back to six, there's another goal and two assists. Only two blanks uh, since he started starting. Um, so here's, here's a big question for you. Uh, because a lot of people owned David Silva, 
because he was basically getting assists every week at the start of the season, right? So that made sense. He's been, he's still been doing fairly well. Uh, he still chips in with assists every now and again. He had the goal a few weeks back. Um, but with the development of Sané, we mentioned weeks ago that Kevin De Bruyne's creation stats were starting to surpass David Silva's. Now they've wholly surpassed them. If you have David Silva, are you willing to just hold on to him for now? Or would you rather move off him? And if you were to move off him, would you do so to another City player? Well, the funny thing about about David uh, David Silva is that he's just been passed by Leroy Sané in total percentage owned. Sané is now owned in 24.7. Silva is in, in the 22s. So from that standpoint, it's it's interesting to think about that. The returns of David Silva, yes, they've been, you know, they're not, they haven't been mercurial like Leroy in Sané in the membrane have been, but. <laughs> in but Sané they, in the membrane? Yeah, but they, they've been ample. So yes, you're getting return, a decent returns. You know, Silva has 61 points on the year, Sané 73. So from that standpoint, Sané is outscoring him by 12 points over, you know, and this is the coming up will be game week 12. So if you can do the math, that's basically it's one point a game. week. Yeah. You know, um, so the the point I want to I want to stress on here is if if one of the players Sane De Bruyne or Davids were an ownership differential, which they're really not. Kevin De Bruyne is owned in twenty percent, which is still less than David Silva. But the there's price tags involved in this. You can't just go by you know ownership. You know, De Bruyne is at ten dot one, Sane eight eight dot nine, Silva eight dot five, and Sterling has to get thrown in this. Or he's eight dot two. The time to pivot off of him is all predicary off of what your roster is. Yes, his price tag is middle of the road. It's less than Sané. So if you're not a Sané owner right now, you're probably buying it at a higher price than you know than you obviously than what Silva is because he's priced higher. So you if you bought into Sané weeks and weeks and weeks ago when he was probably about the same as David Silva, then that makes more sense than to just pivot off of him because you're not losing that much with the transfer rate because you only lose 0.2 at a max there. So basically the whole thing I'm looking at here is if you're going to switch off of, you know, David Silva because you're not happy with his returns, which he's still giving, but just not in the abundance that others are just, I I would say look for differentials, but there isn't any anymore with the, with the city players and kind of with Sonny's returns, you kind of have to right now. Um, I, I wouldn't be shy to do it myself. I am a Silva owner and I don't own Sane. So, I mean, from that standpoint, yeah, I'm looking clearly at Leroy Sané and hoping that, you know, the the rotation schedule and the Champions League games that are up forthcoming, um, hopefully he clears the international break clear, you know, clean and healthy and, you know, but yeah, I mean, it, there's nothing about the differentials anymore with the city city midfielders. And, and usually that is the case when I'm talking about ownership, especially when, you know, someone's not doing well, but someone else on the team is doing well. So there's no differential there. But since there isn't, you basically have to go for the for the uh, accumulation of points. And Sane is just is just the meat and potatoes there right now. Mm. Yeah, definitely agree um, <laughs> that Sane's been doing much better. Also, do have Silva. Uh, I'm honestly thinking about shifting down to avoid this price change. We'll talk about that in a little bit. Um, <clears throat> maybe down to somebody like Richarlison, who I've yet to bring in, um, and then just hold on to that money and then see if I want to upgrade my forward or re-upgrade there. Um, but it's, it's a tough one right now. Uh, over the last five matches, guess where Silva is in chances created? Mm, 51st. <laughs> it's, that's drastic. 33. But all of the other City players we're talking about have more. 
and for somebody that's supposed to be a creator is not really a goal threat. That's that's definitely a concern. While we're on this topic, because <laughs> I don't I don't know if people will remember this far back, but um, the the first international break, uh, I, I wild carded and brought in the five players with the most chances created at that point in the season. The only mm-hmm. other remnant from that uh, midfield for me is Christian Eriksen, who is only thirtieth in chances created over the last five. So a little bit of the yeah. shifting and, of the tides there for those creative players. And, and it's funny now because. When you look at look at Spurs and their Spurs upcoming schedule, Kevin, you're being the Spurs, you know, cosmonaut mm. here. Um, you know, they have Arsenal, <laughs> okay. they have Arsenal, West Brom, Leicester, Watford. Their next four, mm-hmm. um, with Della Ali sitting out the last week with the international break now up. Ericsson is going to be clearly, you know, probably going to be playing in some. Um, you know, Ali and Ericsson, uh, Kane are, are they're not on the English team, so that's probably a good thing. But are you trusting a Spurs midfielder going forward? You know, with Ericsson's price tag what being what it is, with Ali's price tag what it is, comparatively to what it is across the midfield FPL universe? If I had Ali, I'd probably be comfy sitting still just because he, he seems to be rounding into form finally after a, a pretty slow start to the season. Ericsson is a little more concerning. He, he true to form for Ericsson, has already had his high point uh, this season, um, with, with the start he had, then he kind of hit a rough patch form wise. Um, mm-hmm. and, uh, neither of those were too heinously reflected in fantasy because he's only gone two straight matches without points the last two weeks. Yeah. Um, so he's still been like putting in, uh, decent fantasy results and they've largely been more goals than assists, which is surprising for him. Um, but at nine, what is he in now? Not, oh man, nine seven. Uh, that man, that is high. Mm-hmm. Oof. I mean, I, I'm not really worried about the Arsenal match. I mean, people with uh, shorter memories than long will think of Tottenham as being very successful against Arsenal in years past. Um, but as, I mean, West Brom can be tough defensively. Watford are actually just good now, but the defense is suspect. So I, I wouldn't be shifting off them because of matchup. But if you want to shift off them because of price, I wouldn't begrudge you it. Um, but of the two, I'd rather hold on to Ali than hold on to Ericsson. Yeah, I think the the long term, you know, future is better looking. Like you said, I, I think if you hit the nail right on the head when you said we've already experienced the first Ericsson peak in the first quarter of season of the season so far. Yes, there's going to be probably one, maybe another one, follow down the road. But it's a 38 games, you know, 38 week season. So we we got to basically either sit on sit on our hands and and hope that you know the points you know stagnate and or come to a point and go back up again. Or we can hope and pray that you know that Ali is you know going to pick up the slack in between. Yeah. It, that's that's one of the biggest biggest things in in FPL is when when to pivot off a guy, especially when you know a, a guy such as, such as Erickson is such a, a, a talisman for for fantasy points that he can get you you know the assists and the goals and the points good return. But when is the time to punt off of him? To uh, an equally as good option on his own team, it's almost very similar to what what's going on with City. You know, mm-hmm. it's you know when when to jump off the ship and jump on on another ship before it sinks, and then jump back off of it and jump onto another ship. It, it's t- it's tough because you know there's all, there are allegiances here, and you know there's history involved in this because Ericsson is a uh, you know a bona fide you know FPL point returner, mm-hmm. and you know Ali you know does have the the injury thing, but I don't think that's a bother. Yeah, he but, should be fine. 
and people maybe maybe soured on Ali because he didn't really give them the ample amount of returns that they expected coming into the year. You know, Del Ali came into the season more owned than Erickson. I think he believed. I think he started the season as the most owned midfielder in the FPL mm-hmm. for the first week. So, I mean, that's a telling, telling stat that people have jumped off of his bandwagon, and he's still owned in twenty percent. Granted, you know how, how many of those are dead teams and and. That has some twenty-two percent are dead teams, uh, not of his yeah. ownership, but just total. Yeah. For, for those wondering, twenty-two percent. So one, basically one million players in this are dead teams. Yeah. But that that doesn't add to the people making double teams and trying to monopolize and getting True. the high score and do that stuff because that does happen. Mm-hmm. Um, but but yeah, it, I mean, you, listen, if you have Erickson, you're probably going to stick with him unless you feel the the uh, the, the emergency to to jump off and grab somebody of equal or you know greater value. But there really isn't that many greater values because if you look at the Erickson point return, 63 on the year, it's only 10 less than the highest most in the Premier League right now, which is Leroy Sané at 73. Mm. So, I mean, you're not really downgrading that much. Just yeah. besides, just basically based on uh, you know dollar dollar price point is basically what you're you're missing out on. Yeah, I I thought your your point that uh, Erickson will probably refine form again is a is a great one because in past seasons Erickson has been in the eights in price. Mm-hmm. And when you're in the eights and you're having those uh, hills and valleys, it's a lot easier to just ride through with them. But he's almost at ten right now. Yeah. Um, and, yeah. and I just think it, it's hard to carry him through that stretch. If, if he blanks against Arsenal, I would not have a problem with, with dropping him. I, I honestly wouldn't have a problem with you dropping him now if, if there's somebody else you wanted to target. Like if you, for some reason, only had one city midfielder right now and wanted to bring Sané in, I think Erickson mm-hmm. to Sané is a perfectly acceptable thing to do. Um, I, I wouldn't. I honestly wouldn't be surprised if before the next game week kicks off with Arsenal on the on the slate and people are you know frantic for for dollars to to move around. You know, Arsenal isn't the the best defensive team, and they're not the most offensive. You know, he basically they basically fit into that middle road. They give up goals, yeah. and they score goals, and I bet you people ab- abandon a ship enough on Erickson that his price goes down before before the next game week. Yeah, um, definitely a good point. Also, uh, since August, while we're talking about Tottenham, we'll talk about Harry Kane a little bit. Since August, every time Kane has blanked, he scored two goals the following match. So for those Ooh. looking at Crystal Palace and thinking, oh man, King couldn't score against Crystal Palace. How's he going to score against Arsenal? I remind you of that statistic, also for those that are planning on taking the, the armband off him. But also, please remember Harry Kane's recent record against Arsenal, which I don't have in front of me, but as a Spurs fan can remember, is quite ridiculous. I, it seems like mm-hmm. he scores in every London derby. Um, yeah. So uh, while we're saying you know you can waffle on Erickson or Ali, I would very much disagree with shifting off of Harry Kane at this point. Yeah, the, the funny thing about Harry Kane is he's got seven blanks and four games with goals, and all the all eight of his goals have been multiple goal affairs in <laughs> yeah. four games. Yeah, so week three, he scored none. Week four, he scored two. Week five, he scored none. Week six, he scored two. Week eight, he scored none. Week nine, he scored two. He just scored none in week 11. So we're not saying one goal. We're saying two goals against Arsenal. Yeah, um, <laughs> I mean, it, it's not out of the realm of possibilities at, yeah. at all. Yep, for sure. Um, okay, uh, do you have uh, some price changes for us? Oh, we can, we got more questions. We could stick oh, with the questions. Right, let's just price keep going with questions then. Because there's other news that is, is per in the fantasy world. I mean, it's real life, but uh, the appointment of David Moyes yeah. in West Ham. Mm-hmm. Um, do you, what do you think fantasy-wise is this going to have any effect on any West Ham player? And if so, which player are you singling out? For West Ham to possibly be some kind, give you some kind of return in the future. Cresswell, yeah, I, I think it's just gonna because be more of Van Anholt at Sunderland. 
um, all of a sudden got better. I, I think the defense is what improves here. Listen, there are not many kind things I will say about David Moyes, but in theory, he knows how to set up a defense. And West mm-hmm. West Ham have been very much letting down people like Rob, who see the upside in their players, especially in a fantasy context, and then them not fulfilling that. Um, Cresswell is still super high in crossing, although I think he missed that one start, so he may have dropped from uh, best in the league. Yeah. Uh, over the last five, he's not even in it. Um, yeah. But totally still up there. Um, but yeah, I think uh, Cresswell, because they might pick up more clean sheets. Um, Maybe. I mean, they did lose theoretically their best, their best at home, stay at home defender in Jose Font. So, Wait, so. did they? Yeah, he's out for two to three months. Oof. Never mind. No, I don't like West Ham. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's from, from my standpoint, they've basically been a uh, you know they're a disappointment because they're honestly they changed their gaffer here. So, yeah, um, it's a wait and see with West Ham for me. They have they have pieces that are that are intriguing. You know, the Lanzini's, the the Crespo, like you mentioned. Um, you know, Mikel Antonio is is a is a god. I think he's my god new godchild fantasy wise. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's it's a complete hold. Wait and see with with David Moyes taking taking the helm there. Um, you know, West Ham's schedule upcoming not fantastic, but I mean they're at Watford this upcoming week after the international break. And I know it's not going to take one week to figure out what West Ham actually is. Um, it's going to take multiple weeks to see what they do. Um, but after Watford, they're home to Leicester, they're at Everton, and then they're at Man City. Um, yeah, welcome back to the Premier League, um, <laughs> David Moyes. Those, that, those are not three, four easily easy fixtures for anybody. Watford is playing way above themselves right now, and they're way better than West Ham is talent-wise in fantasy and in real life. Leicester is no joke at home. Everton, you know, on the road, eh, they're kind of in the weeds, you know, trying to figure out what they are. And at Man City... Yeah, no thank you. <laughs> yeah. Um, also, while I was just looking up uh, the crossing stats and the creation stats, Gilfie Sigurdsson, a surprise entrant in the top 10 of both. So uh, if if Everton bring in a manager that's halfway competent, um, from things I'm hearing, it still sounds like Dyche. External reports not seeming to indicate that, so not really sure which way that's going to go. Um, but if it did end up being Dyche, he, he doesn't mind either 4-4-2-ing it or a 4-5-1 with lots of crossing. And since yeah, they well, continue to play Sigurdsson on the left wing, yeah. that could get interesting quickly. Yeah, I was going to say, Sigurdsson has moved to the wing more from a more central role there, so that's probably why his crossing stats are up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals professionals you can't find anywhere else including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role like me in a given month over 70% of linkedin users don't visit other leading job sites so if you're not looking on linkedin you'll miss out on great candidates like sandra start hiring professionals like a professional post your free job on linkedin.com/people today oh speaking of everton we we don't know who the gaffer is yet 
Uh, do you see yourself trusting any Everton player anytime soon? No, yeah. no. They just they are not they are not comfortable in their own skin yet, like form wise. Um, they, like you know how teams come into the season and they're completely gelled and everybody knows where they're playing. Then the, then take Everton and they lose their manager and basically they lose their you know I'm not going to say their cornerstone or their keystone, but they lose the guy who basically led them to believe that this is the way we're going to play. So now they have to start over reanalyze who's going to play what what and where and how and and why and they're not they're not there yet i mean there's pieces there that are intriguing enough you know calvert lewin fuck still love him uh (laughs) defensively baines you know took scored a pk be interesting to see if if baines stays on penalty kicks going forward which gained him so much value two years ago when he basically you know scored what four or five from the from the from the spot um yeah but there's nobody there that i'm like drastically trying to figure out how to get in my team listen if you want to be a complete differential and go with an everton player moving forward by all means go ahead because there's tons of differentials there i don't think any player there is ownable or owns more than 10 percent of actual live teams i'm sure wayne rooney probably is is one of the most owned guys there but it's probably because everybody is dead and, and like i want wayne rooney on my team and i'm gonna quit but, yeah yeah it, it's yeah. definitely it's a tough one with with Everton. Yeah. Um, yeah. On the other side of that coin, Leicester brought in a new manager, yeah. a friendly face from last year, Claude Puel, who you may remember from being angry at him for not playing Tadic consistently. Uh, will be yeah. playing Mares consistently, and Mares has been doing quite well over the past Fantastic. few weeks. Um, at 8-4, are, are you willing to buy in yet, or do you still want to see a little bit more before jumping in that pool? Well, the funny thing is, if you're going to buy into a Leicester player, I mean, now is the time. They're, they're scheduled. Schedule only get gets a little harder, you know. The next coming weeks, they they're you're not going to bring them in. I don't think to face City this this upcoming yeah, game. City week. and Spurs to the next three. Yeah, and they have Burnley after that. So I mean, that's Burnley does like to put the put the defense on. So I mean, three out of the next four are are cautiously optimistic. You have West Ham, Newcastle mixed in there too. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm, two goals, I'm three assists th- in the last four. Oh no, I'm I'm not saying that that Mares legitimately looks like a a better fantasy asset. I think that because of his past reputations, he's priced himself out of a, a usable market. Is what's going on at eight four? He's he's hard to own because are you going to want a, a Leicester guy who will get you one goal or an assist every week, or are you going to invest that money and bring in the leaning point holder? for midfielders and that's Leroy Sané which isn't that much of a price difference. Yeah. Um I know you're limited by how many city players you can have but you know when when it's apples to apples midfielder to midfielder it's not even a question but Mares has been playing some very inspiring fantasy ball. Um you know you know Jamie Vardy is lying in the weeds he does just enough to to warrant not me not kicking him off my roster. <laughs> um but yeah I mean the time to own Mares was that stretch and now is the time to probably you know, matriculate down to something else that is equally valued. Um, somebody you have a speculation on. Somebody, somebody in that you know eight to nine ra- price range. And it's funny that, that with the return of Sadio Mane, I mean, what is a better pivot than that? Going right to Sadio Mane at nine three. I mean, and it's mm. a little more expensive, but you know, with Mane re- Mane returning and Liverpool, you know, showing out. I know almost the whole world owns Mohamed Salah, and basically, <laughs> uh, I I read something by. If, if the transfer rate continues for Mohamed Salah, he's going to be the most owned player in the official game by kickoff next week. Um, oh, interesting. That, so that's interesting. He's going to take over Romelu Lukaku. Um, but yeah, Sadio Mane return is interesting there. 
it, it adds to the conundrum or it helps the conundrum because he, he makes everyone around him better. But yeah. So interesting stuff. Uh, you mentioned Vardy there. Are are you going to pivot off him before this rough stretch? You know, I, I'm waiting to see what, what materializes from the international break. I like to read as much news as I possibly can from, you know, multiple sources, you know, whatever, whatever your source of information is in, in, you know, jolly old England, you know, the guardian or any of them newspapers that are actually very well, you know, written and, and they, they delve into stuff because they have guys who just cover the teams, um, where we just broad based it and look at it from a, Ooh, do something good for me now. Fantasy geeks. Um, but yeah, I, I'm wait, I'm going to wait because I, I want to see what, what this week of information has. There's a lot of people on my team that I'm, worried about and I think we basically talked about all of them right now we've talked about David Silva we talked about Christian Erickson and now we bring up Vardy and there's an interesting there's a fourth one on my team that I, I want to bring up because because of his ownership he, he's owned in 90 percent of leagues and he, he kind of falls into that Man City category where you hamstring yourself to which ownable which city Man, Man City players are ownable and with the suspension of Nicolas Otamende Kev, um, and his ownership rate 19 percent which is basically 1 million players in this this game um, price tag is five dot whatever you bought him in at are you are you waiting till the suspension is over you know basically kick him to the to the bench for one week or are you are you comfortable replacing your basically 1a defender with a, a nice lateral move into somebody that you can afford um i i just up front uh, have yet to own a city defender despite the fact that i've kind of been on them for weeks now um different thing in the goal game but we're not going to get into that now um i would probably move to Aspilicueta, and I think that's the obvious move for a lot of people. Um, if if people are still worried about the David Luiz thing after Conte's comments, yeah, I think Aspilicueta is the move there as well. Listen, Aspilicueta has five assists this season to Alvaro Morata, like directly. That is the most common occurrence of an assister to goal scorer in the Premier League this season. Um, not only that, Rob, you know, I've I've been saying this whole season. As soon as Chelsea started keeping clean sheets, Aspilicueta would become a must own. And now it's two in a row. Like this, this might be that time. They, sure, they have Liverpool um, in a couple of weeks, uh, but then they only will face two more top ten attacks before Christmas. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think right now. Oh, and by the way, City haven't kept a clean sheet in their last two matches. At the same time, this has happened. Yeah. I feel like that shift is finally starting to happen. Um, and I feel like the Odomendi suspension may be a blessing in disguise to get you shifted off them onto the, the Chelsea defense. Listen, this Manchester City defense is much better than we usually think of them having, much like the Saints this year for anybody playing mm-hmm. American fantasy football. Um, but yeah, for me, I think now's the perfect time to shift over to Chelsea. And if you're shifting over to Chelsea, I don't know why you'd switch over to anyone other than um, Espilicueta. Oh, unless uh, Zepa Costa's price is low. Where it's not. It's six dot oh. Oh no, Aspilicueta. <laughs> well, the funny, well, Aspilicueta is, is very expensive. He's six dot seven. The three most common transfers now, right now, in the FPL universe for Odomendi mm-hmm. out are Phil Jones, Kieran yep. Trippier, and to John Stones. So they're all basically right around. I don't think people who own Odomendi have enough money to invest to get to, to go get all the way to up to Aspilicueta. As, to get to get to Aspilicueta. Fair enough. Uh, um, don't people, don't switch you know, to Trippier. That's the. Listen, no. you I'm, do I'm not just, want I'm to play the Tottenham wingback game this year. You just don't. Yeah, I'm just, I'm just reading the... Uh, the yeah, no, no, I, I got you. Um, Stones and, and, is an interesting one because he keeps scoring goals in the Champions League. Yeah. I'm sure you're just hoping that at some point that'll cross over. Uh, Phil Jones, I feel like you already missed the bus there, although I, I assume he's still the cheapest option in that defense. 
Uh, basically, yes. Yeah. Let me just check. Well, you, I mean, unless you count Ashley, Ash, Ashley, Ashley Young. <laughs> oh snap! What's but he? he's not. But he's a midfielder. He oh, he's a solicited midfielder. midfielder. Yeah. Um, <laughs> interesting. Uh, so you mentioned how expensive Aspilicueta is. Here's a kind of cross-positional either-or. Oh, we could do either-ors here. Um, <laughs> cross-positional either-or. Would you rather have Azpilicueta or Richarlison? Because they're, they're similarly depends. priced. Yeah, it depends on what you have set up through the midfield, where, where Richarlison would fit in. If you're bringing in Azpilicueta, he's basically your, your one, two, or third defender that you're starting every week regardless of opponent because of his returns. Richarlison, for me, is... Based on just based on his price, if you own a Salah, uh, an Ericsson, or you know, and we'll just throw somebody else in there, David Silva or Raheem Sterling, you know, and then Richarlison is your fourth guy, you know, based on opponent, is it not a better gamble to maybe go with your fourth defender based on matchup or your third striker? Or it, it all depends on your your roster structure for Richarlison. I think he's basically uh, for the next two weeks until Dini gets back is a must start. I think he's I think he's more uh, likely to to be a boon to Watford, mm. where Dini takes some of the you know the, the touches off his feet, touches off his head, um, especially in, inside the box. Um, but I, I love what Aspilicueta is doing. You know, he's very he's very Spanish oriented. He only kicks it kicks it to Spanish guys' heads. Um, <laughs> so you know, but yeah, I mean, they're both to 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 back that up. I think both Richarlison and Cesar Azpilicueta moving forward are pretty much staple items. If you look at your defense, I think you need I think you need an Azpilicueta. I think for for based on his price, I think Richarlison and Pascal Gross and you know if you're still believing in like a Matt Ritchie or somebody like that in that price range are a staple item. You need a, a midfielder in that you know five point seven to six point four price range to, to levy out the the masses there with the the prices of the Liverpool Spurs Man City and you know if you're buying into Alexis Sanchez or Ed Nazard I don't know why you're listening to this podcast because we told you weeks ago don't do it um but if you're in that you know if you're in that neck of the nape then definitely you're definitely doing it but for for my money right now Cesar Espoqueta and I think I said this a month ago I think that I thought that Cesar Espoqueta was probably one of the best fantasy defenders mm. based regardless of price and he's better than Alonso He's better, tons better than Alonso, especially this this year, giving point returns. But yeah, Aspilicueta is a staple. Richarlison is probably a staple because I love out of position guys, and I love the out of position either or because it it, it makes total sense. Because I want to, uh, it it it's how you build your team that each part is more important. If you if you need a defender like Aspilicueta, cement your your back line. But his price tag is kind of heavy. No, people don't like to invest, you know, or cement all their money into a defender because they like to, you know, look at all the shiny parts up top, and then that's where Richarlison fits in. So it's all about lineup structure. It always mm-hmm. has been. It always will be. Week one through week thirty-eight, everybody builds their team differently how they like. Yeah, because um, uh, I just did it either or. May as well just keep rolling with them. Um, Sadio Mane was a surprise uh, full starter at the weekend. We thought he was going to get about 30 minutes, and we thought that because Jurgen Klopp said that. Um, but now he is fully back. Would you rather have Sadio Mane at 9-3 or Salah at 9-4? E- easily Mohamed Salah. Mm-hmm. Easily, easily, easily. I think that Mane, what we know from, from Mane is is great and fantastic, but it almost feels like we're waiting for him to break down again. Every time I every time I read anything about him and speculation about fantasy outputs and what is it what people expect from him, there's always like that dot dot dot. 
what about what, why wouldn't you just go Mohamed Salah instead? So based on what Salah is doing, what we just saw last weekend, Salah is not going to slow down. I don't think he is. Um, and Sadio Mane is only going to add to what Mo Salah is. And from that standpoint, I'd rather own Salah. Yeah, I think that's a very, very fair point. Um, if you could pick either of them or Ericsson or Ali, so either of the two Liverpool guys versus either of the two Tottenham guys, I assume you're going Liverpool. Yeah, I'd probably pick Salah only because I think that what Liverpool does and has done and what consistent, consistency has done. Listen, Mo Salah is basically giving you the returns that we thought Della Ali was, was going to mm-hmm. do this year. Yeah. So, And I'm going to buy the guy that's doing it right now rather than I, with the guy I think may do it. Yeah, and Salah uh, right now, uh, top five in shot accuracy, um, which is always nice, especially from a winger. Uh, also, I've been starting to get into this uh, new stat, touches in the box. Um, Salah mm. al- also in the top five of there. Uh, the other names joining him, uh, Sané and Sterling, unsurprisingly. Richarlison actually leads the statistic with 49 touches inside mm. the box. And newly minted striker, uh, Wilfried Zaha for Crystal Palace. Um mm-hmm. And oh, and speaking of Crystal Palace, actually, um, Johan Kabay now has the most accurate crosses over the last five matches. Wow. I don't, I don't like Hodgson. I don't know if they're going to stay up or not. But statistically, things are starting to look a little better for Palace. I'm not saying by yeah. in, by any means yet, but just kind of kind of keep an eye on that. Um, then uh, we already mentioned Aspilicueta. If you had neither. Would you rather purchase Aspilicueta or Valencia at Manchester United? Uh, Aspilicueta. Yep. Like, you, like this is a perfect example of when Chelsea start getting a clean sheet. And the funny thing is, there's actually so so much commotion right now in the back end for for Chelsea with the, the David Luiz news mm-hmm. that you know basically he has no future here, and it brings up the the, the Christensen price tag at five dot four. He's yeah. now the cheap entry point into that you know Chelsea defense, which has a decent stretch of games here, like Kevin mentioned. You know, two top ten defenses until Christmas. That's that's some telling stats. This is where Chelsea make their bread and butter is on defense. Yes, they have shiny parts that score goals. You know, in previous years, Diego Costa and Hazard. You know, Pedro. Now they have Morata. But listen, Chelsea is a very good defensive team. Look at the names on their and roster. Conte's back. Yeah, and Conte is back. They are a completely different team. I've said this since he left. I'm like Chelsea's going to struggle with him gone. Did I not say this to you like three or four times in yeah. every game we've watched? Um, but it's it's. With Conte back, it's basically you know like a revolution for their defense. And now that I think that Louise is probably on his way out, and now that Christensen's pretty much cemented his place there, I think that they're going to be more of a cohesive unit without the turmoil of basically shifting parts in and out. I think David Louise is going to play, but just not in Premier League games. He'll probably be cup, you know, you know, mm-hmm. into cup games and and maybe see some Champions League play because he does have a, that you know that field generalship that a lot of Champions League games require. But, you know, yeah, I'm glad that Chelsea is, is finally settling in on their, their core defenders. This was their problem last year. It took, a, it took a, a shellacking for them to figure out what they what they were as defensively, and it took a roster, uh, you know, a form change on the pitch for them to be who they are now. Mm-hmm. So now they're sticking with that. But, you know, they're looking for, it's, things are looking better defensively for Chelsea right now than, than, than uh, Manchester United, I think. But basically, Valencia is not a bad defender either. But to have a, a one one A defender, like I like to say, like he's basically your first choice. He's going to start every week, regardless of opponent. I, I'd go with Espelicueta only because he assists. Yeah, I think that's absolutely fair. Uh, there are obviously no start sits for us this week because there's no matches at the weekend here. Uh, but do you have any uh, moves you're particularly eyeing right now? 
You know, uh, like basically, just everybody I mentioned on my team right now that we've mentioned on the on the on the podcast that's you know struggling or in turmoil or suspended. You know, I do own Odin Mende, I own David Silva, I own Ericsson, I own Vardy. Yeah. Um, there's there's some guys that I there's some match matchups this week. You know, fixtures that I lo- that I like, and I think that you know I can monopolize and, and take advantage of. You know, I like Burnley's fixture. It brings up a point. It brings up a good point. Is now the time to go? You know, heavy and heavy invested into Burnley defenders. You know, with with mm. Stephen Ward being basically universally owned now. You do, but you me Adam, is the one getting all the bonus points. It's nonsense. Me and and Loughton is getting bonus points, and 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 our heavenly Father in goal. Um, <laughs> you know, it is it. it would you, would you be opposed, Kev, if you had a wild card right now to having Pope and two two Burnley defenders on your team? Yeah. <laughs> I'd be fine with Pope and one defender. I think two's, two's a bit much. Um, I actually had to face this choice. I, I didn't really have a move I wanted to make last week, um, but I still had Kieran Clark in, who then stopped starting, and then now with Lascelles out, may start starting again, but that's a whole different thing. But I was looking through a whole lot of four or five defenders, and I don't want to freak people out too much because I've been very anti them historically. But I actually brought in Alberto Moreno. Wow. Uh, should I know better? Yeah, obviously. Um, but Liverpool's defensive metrics actually getting better. A large part of that probably because Lovren uh, wasn't starting. Um, but they also have a pretty nice run aside from the Chelsea match. Um, and at four or five, I thought it was an interesting punt. Also, having watched him in the Champions League, he has been racking up assists in the Champions League, and he's only three point six percent. He's four out five. Anyway, I let my numbers yeah. self talk me into it instead of the football self, um, yeah. to be honest. Yeah. But when I had the option to bring in another four or five, I did look at me. Um, I already own Ward, uh, but I, I just I was too too gun shy on doubling up on Burnley, especially with you know kind of circling chance that uh Deich leaves i don't know what a post Deich burnley looks like uh so for now if i had pope and a defender already i'm fine staying with it if i only had pope you should probably bring in a defender ward if you're looking for potential attacking output me if you're looking for just bonus point lottery points which he tends to get um but yeah for for now i'd, I'd probably stick with just two yeah yeah, so getting back to my team, um, I have two free transfers. I banked my my free transfer from the last week, um, so I have two transfers to go into this week with. I'm fine taking a, a third if I have if it involves getting you know all the useful pieces that I need into my team. Um, so I mean, there's some pieces I need to move around, but I'm I'm doing fairly well. I'm in the top twenty five thousand right now. Um, so I'm sitting at 651 points overall, I believe, which is which is pretty good. Mm, yeah. it's, pretty, it's as Larry David would say, it's pretty, pretty, pretty good. <laughs> yep, not bad at all. Um, for me, I'm kind of looking at a double swap of Silva down to Richarlison and then Vardy up to Aguero, who recovered very quickly from his injury. Um, has started when he's been uh, healthy. And, you know, most dangerous attack in the league right now by a pretty significant margin. Uh, currently 15 more goals than Manchester United, who are in second place. Um, wow. So, yeah, the, this this City stuff. I mean, we, we had somebody on, on the show on the weekend that said this is the most dangerous Premier League team he can ever remember. And it's hard to argue. Like, I'm sure you could name teams where you're like, oh, yeah, that's a good mm-hmm. shout. But it's it would take a stronger man than me to say definitely not. Because they have just been devastating, and and the crazy thing is they didn't even play that well last weekend, 
and mm-hmm. still managed to just run away from Arsenal. So, yeah, it's a, it's a frightening times in the Premier League, but I think Aguero yeah, it, up top is a solid shout. They they had they had a two goal lead, then Arsenal scored, and they seemed like it was like almost their mission immediately to get a, a back to a two goal lead. Right after it's, it looked like they just it, like stopped, they're like, eh, it's fine. It's it's amazing that they could just basically do this at will. Yeah. Um, you know, it it pains us both because we're not, you know, Kevin being a Spurs <laughs> supporter and I'm a Chelsea supporter. You know, we're basically saying, you know, that Man City is going to I'm not saying they're going to run away with the league. But right now, you know, 11 weeks into it, they look like they're like a freight train. I, I don't see them losing anytime soon. Let's yeah. put it that way. Also, eight points, the biggest point differential at this point in the season ever. And it's against United, which makes it all the sweeter as a. Richard, our city representative, mentioned on the show on Sunday. Um, all right, so those are the changes I'm thinking, thinking about making. Those are the changes Rob is thinking about making. Um, we will, of course, be back next week when uh, matches are back in the interim. Be sure to just keep an eye on uh, your international players. Make sure they come through fit as a fiddle. Sometimes the FPL site is pretty good about updating. Sometimes they're not. Um, so just kind of keep an eye on your 11 players if they are doing internationals. And remember that some of these do matter. Well, everybody keeps referring it to as, as international friendlies. Um, you still have There's teams like Northern Ireland and I think Normal Denmark, Ireland, Italy. Denmark, Italy, Sweden. Um, all those clubs, mm-hmm. clubs, all those countries are playing matches that really matter. So if you were thinking everybody was going to get rested, like half the England team not showing up for their international break, uh, think otherwise. Uh, but yeah, so keep an eye on that. Rob, thanks again for uh, making time. Uh, today to do the show. Sorry to you guys for missing you last week, and we'll catch you next time. Hey. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.